Folks, the only people that don't get off this time of year are pro athletes, podcasters, puppies biting at the carpet under your chair, and <laughs> us over at Bet Online. With the NFL, bowl season, NBA, and NHL in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online is not taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available that you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B L E A V as in Victor, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Enjoy the show. Well, folks, we're back from Christmas. I had a uh, wonderful little holiday, very low-key, very chill. Enjoyed myself, caught a few films, got my annual traditions. I uh, I always watch a little bit of Elf. Sometimes I'll watch Scrooged. I like Scrooged. I'll take in a, one of the viewings of A Christmas Story that goes on. Although I didn't catch that this year, but, you know, everybody's seen that movie a hundred times. If you are, uh, you know, not everybody, but most people. And Home Alone's always been a big one for me. It's been an institution since I was a child. I came out in prime age for Home Alone to be a hit with me. And it is an insane movie. Like, the traps are just, you know, serial killer shit. It's it's Saw-level stuff for children. And it's awesome. But uh, I always ask myself a question when I watch Home Alone. And that's, what kind of psychos are this family, the McAllisters, to put forth a pizza order like they have? Because if you haven't seen Home Alone, and I don't know why you haven't, but I'm sure there's some people, there's a big debate at the beginning of the movie. A big, The inciting incident is when Kevin McAllister, the precocious star of the show, does not get cheese pizza for himself. Uh, every everybody, everybody else in the family gets pizza to their liking, but Kevin McAllister does not get his plain cheese pizza. And I've always thought this was crazy because, like, Whenever I order pizza for a large group, I get a large amount of cheese pizzas. I get multiple cheese pies. And there's no way that you would order insufficient plain cheese pizzas for uh, a family with a number of children staying overnight. That's just this lunacy to me. And you look around at the pizzas on the table. There's a number of, like, pizzas with olives on them. If there's more than one pizza with olives on it for your group, your group's fucked up. Your group is not doing it right. And it's always bothered me. But I saw a theory this year, and it's the first time this has ever made sense to me. Apparently, Kevin's older brother, Buzz, who is a menace and a bully, was in charge of ordering the pizza. So Buzz put forward a a just terrible pizza order and didn't get any cheese pizzas and pretended to eat the cheese pizza to screw with his little brother. So, yeah, finally, it makes sense to me. The shitty pizza order was all an elaborate prank. I mean, yeah, it sounds right. Or either it was a prank or he just likes the worst pizza of all time, which I think is also a very, very good possibility. It is a possibility, but I mean, to order... Vegetables don't belong on pizza. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like a white pie sometimes with like a spinach or something, but like 
for the most part, you know, give me plainer pepperoni. And here's the thing. If you're ordering for a large group, if you're ordering 10 pies, I think it's around 10 pies or so that this group orders based on mm. the elaborate online research I've seen. If you order 10 pies, how many plain cheese pizzas are you getting out of the 10? You got to get at least three. I agree. You have to get at minimum three. And there's no way they finished three pies before he got down there. So Buzz fucked with him. You get three plain. You get at least two pepperoni. At least. Because everybody loves pepperoni. I say you get three cheese, three pepperoni, one... or uh, All right. Three cheese, three pepperoni. So there's six. Two meat lovers. That's a heavy one, pizza. I know. I think one meat lovers is sufficient because if you have one slice of meat lovers, you feel pregnant. Uh, okay, actually, all right, all right. So you got three cheese, three pepperoni, one meat lovers, one uh, vegan pizza because those dorks are get a white there. pie with you know some veggies and stuff. That's fine. vegetables on top because you're a psychopath. <laughs> um, it's pizza. It's not healthy, guys. What are we doing? No, you're fucking stupid if you do that. And then, all right, so we're at, so that's eight. Then you get maybe like one get a with, um, yeah, get one with sausage, perhaps some some shrooms on it if you would like. Sure. Um, I think one sausage, and, one shroom, you call it a day. And then last but not least, pineapple. Hawaiian. No. Hawaiian. Emily, I wouldn't eat this. it. I would not eat it. I would not eat it. But I, I state that if you're getting a Hawaiian pie, if you have a group of, Let's say you need like you need enough people to eat a Hawaiian pie or it is not worth it because it is not a general pizza option. It takes a truly demented mind like a Brucey here who's barking at me to order a pineapple pie. It is not in my taste buds. I do not approve. But if there are people that will eat it, I will order it for them. What if there are two Hawaiians at your party? I don't even think Hawaiians would eat that. I think they prefer like a spam pizza. Right, Bruce? You think so? Yeah. yeah Hawaiians love spam. Savory. I will say I tried Hawaiian pizza once and don't get me wrong. I'm very much on the, you know, bandwagon of like get pineapple off of my pizza. I'm not like overly passionate about that take, but like I fall into that category. I don't want, I did. I did try it once and it was actually not bad. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's not for me. I I don't really like pineapple in general. I like it. Really? Like I'll yeah, I don't really. I it's Oh, I love just, pineapple. I like pineapple like I I like it in like a fruity drink, but that's pretty much it. I love having like a little side, like a few pineapple chunks during brunch. Like if I'm having like some nice pancakes and some eggs and some bacon and then I got a little side of of some pineapple chunks. Oh, baby. And I think the reason I think that is because a few years ago, um, my God, we're creeping up on 10 years. It's been 10 years since this trip. Holy moly. Um, I went down to Costa Rica for 10 days. I've been there twice for 10 days each. Uh, This is my first trip down to Costa Rica. And we had brunch at this really nice, like, you know, beachfront hotel that somehow we we did not afford it was part of like the the plan like the travel plan thing that we were on and um we had this lovely brunch with the best pancakes which i was surprised how good the pancakes in costa rica would be I, I, costa rica i would have i wouldn't even know what to expect from that yeah like i costa rica is not a pancake 
place in my mind, but the pancakes are pretty good. It is not um, an international house of pancakes in your opinion. It's most definitely not Steve. Um, but solid pancakes, you know, um, eggs. I think there was some rice, some bacon. And then of course they had some pineapple chunks. Cause when you're in Costa Rica, you got the fruits. They got the, you know how, like, what is Arby's has Arby's, the meats? Arby's has the meats. So Costa Rica, has Costa the Rica has the fruits. So we go down there, I get some pineapple chunks and that like, there was something like, there was like a visceral thing about that moment where I was like eating it, eating my breakfast. And I had those pineapple chunks just staring out into the ocean across the beach. And I was like, damn, this is fucking sick. So yeah, that's living right there. My friend, that is living. It was great. I uh, highly recommend going to Costa Rica if you've never been. Never been. We'll keep that in mind. You should go. You should go. Lots of monkeys. Oh. I feel and like... look out. Look, they'll kill you. So yeah, you I was going to say, I feel like I should avoid areas with monkeys because I just feel like I'm a prime monkey target. Like, they just... I feel like the kind of person they would feel the need to fuck around with. <laughs> They, they probably, they probably will. They'll find. Like, I'm a mark for small children. Like small children see me, and they go, "This is a guy we can fuck with," and he will react in funny ways. And that's usually what happens at like uh, you know parties and such. Uh, so I, I imagine that monkeys have very similar mindsets to small children in that regard. And this is a man we can fuck with, and it will be very amusing to us. So we were at this place called uh, Manuel Antonio National Park, uh, which is basically just like a super cool, like Costa Rica rainforest, like lagoon with crystal clear, like waters and shit. And um, we were like there and we're all just hanging out on the beach with our backpacks and our snacks and stuff and our juice boxes. All of a sudden, a pack of capuchin monkeys like Dexter from uh, Night at the Museum. They like a like dozens of them just show up, like a tribe of them come out of nowhere, just out of the trees, and they just start taking all of our shit. And we're just like, we don't know what to do because, like, first of all, we can't stop them even if we try, and second of all, like, I kind of don't want to stop them because I think it's kind of cute what they're doing, like being little thieves. So, um, like a whole pack of them comes, they steal a bunch of shit, then a like a rival pack of monkeys comes. And they, like, start, like, not fighting. They weren't fighting each other. But, like, the rival pack, like, scared the other pack of monkeys away. And it was fucking crazy. Like, they were running away for their lives while the other ones were just coming in and being like, this is our fucking house. (laughs) That is mildly terrifying to me. But also, uh, like, something I would observe with great interest. It, It wasn't scary because capuchin monkeys are, like, 10 pounds. Right, right. Tiny little things, but like they are chaotic. They are chaotic little guys. And uh, I wouldn't like to be bitten by one because they do have some fangs. Let me say this. And I'm sure they have some diseases. Um, Oh, absolutely. But so we were there that day. And I think this actually may have been my second time when I was in Costa Rica. We were like walking and there was this monkey and he was just like sitting there. And we were walking, he was just like sitting on like the edge, like on like the wooden railing of this like walking path in the rainforest area. And um, he just kind of like, we were all walking right past him within a foot of him and he didn't give a shit. He was just looking at us like, hey, what's up? I don't give a shit. 
You Let's keep go, going. Bro. Yeah. And I decided to like reach out my hand and I just like put out my like finger and he grabbed it. He held my, he held my finger with his oh, hand. You're holding it was, hands. It was very cute. And he held my finger for like two seconds and then he like bounced away. So. Huh. What makes sense? And uh, look at you, world traveler, Costa Rica twice. Uh, th- well, that's the thing. So I've only been out of the country three times and two of them were to the same place. So why, why Costa Rica the two times? Is there a particular reason? So, uh, yes. So my mom, believe it or not, I don't know if the listeners know this. My mom is a high school Spanish teacher, which oh, wow. doesn't make sense because we are extremely Irish yeah, I was going to say Quigley is a name I see in very Irish sections of the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, it's uh, it's not Hispanic in what's in any way. But uh, my mom's a Spanish teacher. For whatever reason, she has always loved Spanish and all that. So she became a Spanish teacher and she's been doing it for a long time. And at the old high school she used to teach at, which was also my high school that I went to, um, she would take her students on this like trip abroad every summer. Um <laughs> In some oh, years, sorry, I'm just thinking of Peggy Hill from King of the Hill right now. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can think about. But like some years they would go to Peru and then uh, they went to Costa Rica this one year. And my mom was like, hey, how would you like to come to Costa Rica for free if I sign oh, you up well, as a chaperone? You chap- can't not say no. Like, you <laughs> can't say no to that. Yeah. And she was like, if I sign you up as a chaperone, you don't have to pay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so sure. she she took her kids on that trip like two times in three or four years. And it was like hilarious it was was, yeah so that's why i got to go there twice damn wow very cool place you know confession time i don't i've never actually been outside of the u.s really yeah yeah i didn't really do much traveling until the past like 10 12 years like Mm -hmm. i would go on some family trips but usually like the furthest we go is florida we did a lot of like theme parks and stuff so we didn't really go out of the co- we never went out of the country and we didn't really go far within the country so yeah it wasn't until recently uh i think next year 2024 i will be venturing outside of the u.s but it will just be to our neighbors to the north in canada because a buddy of mine is uh getting remarried up there and uh gonna go visit the great white north very nice um that'll be fun and i think like I think what's interesting about the United States and what makes the United States kind of unique is the fact that, like, there are so many different kind of, like, geographical regions of the country. So, like, even if you've oh, never sure. left the country, you've still seen the desert, the the deep forests. Um, this Just uh, this year, I've seen a great lake and the desert. Yeah, like huge lakes, the ocean, the desert. You got... Uh, these deep, dense forests, the redwood forests, you got, you know, uh, these big, tall mountains, like you got like every kind of major geographical thing in this country, which is cool. It is cool. It is very cool. I I definitely have upped my game as far as traveling further places in the country. I mean, at this point, I've been to the West Coast uh, three times. I've been to... Uh, but, but, but I haven't really done too much in the South, but I did do Nashville, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah. And I've done Chicago a bunch, which is awesome. Uh, 
Wisconsin. Yeah, I've, I've been to you know a bunch of different parts of the country. Really enjoyed it, and uh, I, I enjoy traveling. I'm glad I finally started doing that. It took too long in my life, but you know what? I've made up for it in the past few years. Have you ever been to Florida? Oh yeah, yeah. Florida okay. was the one place I had the only time I had been on a plane before. I think it was 2012. Was to Florida. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. That, that's how yeah. little we, like traveling we really did. Like we did a lot of car rides. Uh, like we drove to Florida a couple times, which was crazy. But yeah. um, that's what a long goddamn flight that is. But <laughs> or it's not a long flight. It's a long drive. the The flight is very very short. <laughs> the flight's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like but, that's my thing. Like so, my girlfriend lives up in New York. Like her family lives in New York City, and so right now New York she's City, New York, and she's up there right now for her Christmas break, and she's in uh, physician assistant school, so she's on break right now, and she's up there, and um, I'm gonna go up there for New Year's, and she's like, "Oh, you're gonna fly up?" I'm like, "No, I'm gonna drive up because like a flight up to New York City is like forty minutes, <laughs> like." I had a connecting flight from Detroit to Chicago one time, and that was a 45-minute flight. It felt very silly. It's ridiculous. Like, it feels so useless doing that. And I'm just like, I could have driven this. Why am I I flying? So, like, now, granted, there's going to be traffic. It's going to be annoying. I hate, like, North Jersey. Fuck North Jersey, man. Like, (laughs) as it's, Steve, we've gone over this a million times before. We have some great listeners in North Jersey. Wonderful. People. We we do. I'm sure. I know a lot of them are great. But as soon as you get near Newark, shit just goes wrong. Everything in your life just goes right down the drain, and it's just like it starts with the traffic. Then you start losing your patience and your nerve, and you start yelling, and it's just God, what a awful place. And then it's you, a rough drive, and especially the closer you get to New York, because New York is just such a hellhole for driving. Oh. It sucks. It's just, it's like, so... Con- we've actually driven into New York, Emily and I, one time ever. And we've been there a bunch. We usually just take, like, the mega bus or the Amtrak or something. Yeah, like, I have to kind of drive through... Like, I don't even want to say I'm driving through New York. Because when I, when I think about driving through New York, I think you're driving through, like, midtown Manhattan. And but I'm even not doing when you're that, driving but... through the other boroughs. It's rough, man. And the toll to get into New York is rough. Oh, it's insane. Absolutely disgusting. And I, I could never do it. I could never live there. Like, I-, I feel bad because my girlfriend's like, she's from there. And she like always kind of, you know, inserts a little like thing here. Like she kind of hints like, oh, maybe we'll move. What to part New of New York, York is she from? She was, she's from she's from Westchester, New York, which is oh, okay. Money so Town, she's from USA. New York, okay, New York State is different, though. Actually, I find New York State lovely. Um, New York State, yeah. The the Finger Lakes are awesome. Uh, we go to the yeah. Finger Lakes all the time for vacation. By all the time, I mean every few years. But it's I really like the Finger Lakes. I like New York State, uh, and I don't get me wrong. I actually really like visiting New York City in small doses, but. I'm always wiped out by the time I'm done. I know. And like, it's just the, the cost of living in New York city is oh, simply it's, it's preposterous. Insane. It's preposterous. Like it, it literally doesn't make sense to live there. That's how bad it is. Like if you live there, you're either a millionaire or like making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, 
or you're just financially irresponsible. I mean, like, even to live in some of the like, I know people who live in Brooklyn for rents that are like outrageous to me, but it's at least something that somebody can afford. Like, you just can't. Yeah, I don't know how people afford to live in Manhattan. I truly don't. A lot of people have like four roommates, and it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done I had, with that. I had four roommates one time in my life. And that was in a full house in Roxborough, and one of them was temporary. Yeah, no, no thank you. You know, and that was like even too much. That was just because that guy camped out in the the basement, and we had a killer basement at that house that I like to hang out in. But when that guy was living down there, I'm like, I guess I really can't hang out down here right now because you're trying to, you know, sleep, and I want to watch Game of Thrones, okay? Yeah, it's just, I'm done with roommates. I'm so beyond that. I went. I did my time with roommates. I'm never doing it again. And yeah, so, roommates are yeah. nice at a certain point in your life, but I think once you hit thirty, your tolerance for roommates is gone. Yes, it's completely gone. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Like, I mean, she, she kind of mentions all the time, like, "Oh, we should move back to New York," and I'm just like, "Yeah, sorry, that ain't happening." <laughs> like, it's so I, much money. I'm not it gonna lie. So I could. I could live though in like some of those cool little like Hudson Valley towns and stuff like that. Like I, that I could actually do like, um, uh, like, like sleepy like, hollow and, um, like the ones up that way. Oh yeah. So not too far from Westchester. Yeah. So like, I, I actually could live like up white that plains. Way. Yeah. Like I, we, we visited up there. Uh, I want to say like that was one of our first trips post COVID or like during COVID. Um, and it was, yeah, we had a good time. Like I could live there, but I couldn't live in New York city itself. Yeah. 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 Like I like Westchester. Westchester is beautiful. But the problem with that is that's even more expensive than the city. So it's like, good luck living there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But there, there are some cool towns that are, are affordable and I've always liked the vibes from the Ithaca area. Like I always really enjoy Ithaca is awesome. Oh, 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 okay. So you're talking more like toward the Finger Lake area. I I would actually really enjoy living up there except in the, the deepest parts of winter because they do get hammered with snow. Yeah. I kind of, that's my thing. I love snow. So I would kind of like, <laughs> maybe that. you would like, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm from Syracuse, New York. So I feel like I, you told me that, but I completely forgot about it. So, uh, I'm going to say, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I moved down here when I was, I moved to Richmond, Virginia when I was like eight. I'm sad. It doesn't really snow here anymore thanks global warming because i really yeah. want to see i want to see brucey boy in the snow because he the bernies in this dog absolutely adores the cold every time it's cold he is bopping on the street jumping up and down like he loves the cold so i need to see this dog in the snow he's gonna go nuts have you seen the videos on instagram of like purebred bernies mountain dogs just like literally taking a nap outside in the snow they are oh, covered yeah. in snow they and love then the it. owners yeah, and the owner's like, come on, don't you want to come into the warm inside? And the dog's like, leave me alone. I feel great out here. So Yeah, we were yeah. out coldest day of the year so far. I, you know, I don't know specifically what day it was, but we were out and we go to a dog park near our house and we usually will play fetch for a little bit. And by fetch, I mean, I throw the ball and then Bruce plays keep away with me for the next like 20 minutes. But mm. uh he just laid down at one point and I'm like shivering my ass off and he's just laying there chilling. Like, this is great. Dogs have great, like 
a great heating natural heating system like he runs too hot like he actually yeah he we have to keep our bedroom door open right now in the winter because he gets too warm and he likes to sit in the hallway by himself i think that is one of the reasons so i used to have my i have a german shepherd named zoe and when i lived out in las vegas um i actually had her live out there with me and it took me doing that to realize like oh wait this was a stupid fucking idea because like <laughs> she has, she has like a double coat. She's got like thick fur, like long. She's one of those like super fuzzy German shepherds. Oh and yeah. Like, Very cute. It, it took two months for me to realize, Oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not the type of climate that she should live in. And she kind of got sick and I was like, all Aww. right, you're going back. You're going back to Virginia. And then now she's, she's great again. So good. Good. Yeah, Brucey would not do well in the desert. That's a, there's a reason yeah. you usually see Chihuahuas out that way. <laughs> I remember I was at Golden Knights practice. It was a, I think it was just like a typical morning skate, and I was at their practice facility, and there was this family um, that would bring in their two fully grown, hundred and fifty pound Newfoundlands to the, into the uh, into the rink. Good and they God. would just watch practice. And the dogs, I cannot imagine how much they must have been loving life inside that cold practice facility. Because the desert in, like, even the spring, as soon as, like, April hits, it's 100 degrees every day. And it's just... <laughs> no, thank it's you. It's so bad. No, so thank I don't know you. How, I don't know how those dogs survived. Yeah, I will take the, the snowy Ithaca weather over that. That's just not for me. I am not built no. for that. I cannot. I could never. No, definitely not. But so overall, uh, how was your your Christmas? How did everything go? It was good. I really hate myself. Uh, We've ate like total dog shit the entire entire uh, little little vigor holiday. So what were you eating? What what were your dinners? Your Christmas Eve and your Christmas dinner. You're not Italian, so you didn't do the fish, right? No. So Christmas we did the. Typical, we had like steak and, or excuse me, not steak. We had um, turkey and we had like, you know, mashed potatoes and broccoli okay. and all that. Um, Very traditional. Then, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The night before on Christmas Eve, we ordered uh, pizza. There Three you go. large pepperoni pizzas, uh, just like Buzz. See, Buzz ordered olives because he's a fucking psycho. Well, yeah, that's right. Olives and sausage. Um, Can you imagine? I'd kill a man if someone did that. <laughs> um, but no, three large pepperoni pizzas is a great call. I Don't well, get the, me wrong. I definitely considered doing the pizza order on Christmas Eve. Well, here's the problem. There's four people in our family. So I'm like, why the fuck did you get these four pizzas here? Yeah, you probably could have so, gotten away with one to two. Yeah, I was like, two max. Like, what are you doing ordering three? And he's like, well, my dad's like, well, I want to have some tomorrow. I'm like, fucking Christ, dude. And then he had, Three, he could have had some tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, and then there's like all these candies and cookies and all these other little snacks around the house. And I just ate so much food and I've eaten so poorly the last couple of weeks. But that's kind of the point of this whole thing so well, this is why everybody like rushes back to the gym in january because they ate like yeah. shit from thanksgiving to new year's exactly and i will be one of those people going back and like i like i've been going to the gym but boy am i gonna be going hard i'm yeah. gonna be going real hard on uh on the second of 
January. Um, See, we we did all right. We did all right this year because we did um, Christmas Eve. We made beef stew, actually. We made a, a hearty beef stew with lots of veggies. So uh, not too bad. And we used low sodium. We, we did pretty good. And then that uh, is pretty good. for Christmas Day, not the best, but you know what? It was a damn good meal my sister made. So my sister hosted us in my dad's old house, which is definitely a weird experience because my dad moved down to Myrtle, left my sister the house, and she's still living there. So it's just like the first one without my dad there. And I'm like, this is weird. But... She did a great job. She cooked up a bunch of chicken cutlets for us, uh, fried them up, and uh, did a little uh, pasta and vodka sauce and a side salad. So, did a great job. Oh wow, that sounds really good. It was re- it was really I'm good. Did a little little heat on that uh, vodka sauce. It was a good job. Very very nice job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I my Christmas was pretty uh, it was pretty quiet. So. Which is good. That's kind of what I wanted. I like quiet. I, I was happy with how quiet mine was. And I needed quiet after going so hard at the BSH event of the year, that being Festivus. I guess oh! the, dra- the draft party is the event of the year. But Festivus, you know, Festivus is the next biggest event on the calendar. And yes. we had a damn good time. Uh, thanks to the Live Casino Sports and Social for having us. And we really enjoyed our snacks. We had some uh, some pretzels and some popcorn and some chips and cheese and all that. And I drank many beers. We had a raffle. Uh, one lucky gentleman won a Travis Connect New Jersey. And uh, we had like a little puck game. Like it was kind of like cornhole puck version. And we almost killed people like six times. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, though, the game that we witnessed for Festivus was insane. It was the Flyers Red Wings game. So the Flyers played two games since last we spoke. They had a just weird loss to the Predators. Did not have a good time with that one. Not at all. That was a four to two loss. That was not fun at all. That was just like that was a tough game to watch. And like I, I felt kind of I don't, I don't want to say I felt bad for Sam Merson because like he has been doing well in these uh, in like these kind of clusters of starts that he's been getting. But like it was weird because like Carter Hart was supposed to get the start that night. And then like he was still dealing with his like sickness or whatever was going on. So like he had oh, to come wow. in. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, that was a little weird. But for the most part, like it was, in you know, not their worst game of the year, but it certainly wasn't fun to watch. They just can't beat UC Soros, man. UC Soros has the Flyers number, apparently. 100% has the Flyers number. So, not a fun game. We hosted an out-of-town friend that night, and I had the game on in the background. And it was just kind of like, Ugh, I'm kind of glad that this is the distraction night right here. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then, well, yeah, go ahead. Came, when it came to Festivus... The game did not start well for your Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. No, no, no. It did not. So Patrick Kane's first game playing against the Flyers <laughs> since he signed with Detroit. And what do you have? Two goals and a, a shootout goal? He had a two goals and then the shootout winner. Unbelievable. But he promptly <laughs> goes and just like has a vintage Patrick Kane game against the Flyers. And it, I was furious about it because fuck Patrick Kane. And... The first period ends. The Flyers are down five to one. And I thought everybody was going to leave the party. I thought everybody was just going to go out the door. And they didn't, thankfully. And 
for those that hung in there, and most of the people did hang in there, great crowd, thanks to everybody who came out and partied with us, that really turned into a wild game. So the Flyers came back from down 5-1 to one to take the lead at one point in the third period, 6-5, to five, and then promptly give up that lead like 30 seconds later. And just a ridiculous game that went to a shootout. And the Flyers almost won a game that they were down 5-1 to one after the first period. And that's... An unbelievable effort, so much fun to watch, and just, it made me realize, like, I hadn't watched a hockey game with a group of people in a long time, and it was really, really fun to watch that hockey game with a group of people. So, after watching that game, I don't think he's going to win it, because I think, I think it's going to go to Rick Tockett, but John Tortorella has to be at the very least, the runner-up for Jack Adams. This I think he's like, got I, a good shot, man. I think he's got after a great the, shot. After that game, I mean, that was crazy. I don't know what he told them. I would love. I wish that, like, you know, Road to the Winter Classic 24-7 was still a thing, except they just did it all year long, and they followed every team. I wish, like, something like that happened, and we could have heard what he told the team in the locker room, because whatever it was, they were fired up and ready to go. And I don't well, know if he threatened I think the them. moment, dude, whatever happened with Nick Sealer, where Nick Sealer got kicked out of the game, oh. that was the rallying cry because they played like madmen after that. I don't, uh, Nick, I hadn't seen Nick Sealer ever get that angry before. I mean, that, <laughs> that was crazy. You know, like the thing, you could read his lips, the things he was saying to the ref, oh my God. But, um, yeah, that was crazy. Honestly, that was a turning point. It was what a was huge the explanation? Because again, we were there, and I, I remember a little bit of it. But what was the official explanation for why he got the only penalty there and got booted out of the game? Okay, so I think there was just a lot of confusion around it. So basically, I think they gave him a five-minute fighting major and a game misconduct, and. The other guy who he fought, he only got a roughing penalty to start. And so that's why he was losing his mind. I think he lost his mind for good reason because that guy dropped the mitts. Exactly. But like then they turned his roughing penalty into a major. So he got a fighting penalty too. And then, but he stayed in the game. And then Sealer got the instigator. And it was just, there was a whole lot of confusion because they weren't announcing anything. And so no one knew what the hell was going on. So I believe what happened is in the end, they both got fighting majors and Sealer got the misconduct and the instigator. But at first, the reason why he was so mad is because it appeared that the other guy was not going to get the fighting major. So I think that's what kind of sparked the whole thing. Well, it seemed pretty bullshitty to me and I agreed with Nick Sealer, but regardless, him getting kicked out, fired up the team. That was awesome. It got him a loser point. The thing is, who cares about loser points? That was just like, I don't, I can't remember the last time the Flyers came back at a game like that. It was crazy. Nobody expected them to come back and they did. What a wild third period that ended up being. That was crazy. I mean, the whole third period was just, it was, (laughs) it was fun. Scott Lawton. Getting that goal to like, what he it was the game tying goal that he scored and God, oh my God, goal. we got up and I was just high fiving anybody around. I think I t- I hugged Italian Joe or something like that. Like we were all just like losing our minds. I was leading Flyers chants. 
I have been waiting for a Scott Lawton face like that for so long. And we finally got our Scott Lawton face of the year. Just his celebration of him. Just oh, yelling, it was God! beautiful. <laughs> he like, it was so good. And uh, it's exactly what he needed because he has been woof, not great recently. So um, good to see not him great, back Scott. on the board. Not great, Scott. Which is a shame because we all love Scooty Lutz. He is the heart and soul guy on this team, the unofficial captain of this team. So, yeah, we want to see him do well, and it was good to see him get on the scoreboard like that. Yeah, no, it was great. And then it ended up, you know, playing a pretty big role in the Flyers, getting a point that they should, they had no business of getting. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, I was taking grievances for Festivus, but didn't really get a lot of grievances. But there was one gentleman whose grievance was, Flyers fans who just won't enjoy the winning this year. People who are just miserable about it. And we've talked about it. We're miserable about it, too, that people are miserable about them winning. We don't like this. We want people to enjoy the ride, enjoy the Philadelphia Flyers for what they are and how they're playing. And, you know, just sit back and relax, fellas, because it's a fun season. It's the first fun season in a while. And if you can't enjoy this, what can you enjoy? Yeah. I mean, this is the most fun we've had since pre-pandemic. So they're ha- they're playing the best hockey we've seen from them in a long time. And I understand why people are like, you know, not totally gung-ho. Because I understand the whole logic of like, we want a higher draft pick. Like, you know, the tanking and all that to get, you know, elite prospects and all that stuff. I understand it. But like, as we've said many times before... It's the young guys driving this right now. They're the ones driving the bus. And I think that's important. That's what makes this okay. That's what makes this fun. Um, so I, I think this is great. I think this is exactly what the Flyers needed. They're reinvigorating the fan base. And uh, it's, I, I'm ex- for the first time in a long time, I'm ex- I am excited about their future. I'm excited to see what the future holds for them. Um, and I think a lot of the fan base kind of feels the same way. So who's exciting you this week? Like what flyer is has stood out to you in the recent games as far as uh, play goes? I think Joel Faraby has been awesome. Oh, like I love the bounce back year he's having because he. So that, he, I've said he's for you know for a little bit last year, like while he was struggling, it's like if Faraby can get his play back up, that's a great contract to have him on making five mil a season because he has the talent of a top six winger, hundred percent. Well, so it's funny because like not long ago, he was going through it again. Like he got benched for basically an entire game. I think he had like 45 seconds of total ice time in the game or something like that. He just sat on the bench the whole game. Um, but at the same time, like we're seeing him specifically recently. He's just been a menace on the four check and he's just been creating plays. He's just been all over the ice. Um, not all over the ice in like a like an Owen Tippett or Travis Konechny kind of way where it's just like they, you know, he blazes past everybody for like some incredible scoring chance or anything like that. But like, right. And not he's, all he's been no- in like a Sean Couturier kind of way where exactly just like the super responsible two way player, but yeah, he's noticeable. You're seeing he's very noticeable. Player. Yes. He's very noticeable. And this is what they needed to see from him because like last year he and torts didn't quite mesh exactly. And we saw a little spat between them, not spat, but like we saw that he got benched not long ago. And, 
um, he's been responding the right way. Like he's been playing really, really good hockey lately. And uh, th- hopefully that continues because when Joel Farabee's on, he's f- so fun to watch. Oh, he's so fun to watch. And right now he's third on the team in goals. He's got 11. He's up there in points. I was just looking at it and I wish I had kept it up and it's right over here. He's fourth in points. So he's, he's up there on the team leaders. And I mean, the odds of him having a 20 goal season are significant at this point. And after that last season he had, that's huge. And this is a guy that if he can score 20 to 30 goals, like your team is going to be in good shape and the Flyers are in pretty good shape. I mean, they're not quite, uh, well, they're still up there in the standings. They're in third. The Islanders, shockingly, are ahead right now, but the Islanders never make sense. They really don't. I They are a very odd team to predict, but um, yeah, I mean, right now they're, they're playing awesome. We're seeing so many younger guys stepping up and, and bouncing back and, and all that, and it's just, it's really encouraging to see. Yeah. It's you love to see it. It's great to see. And the thing is, you want these young guys to develop strong because you want the team to be in great position when their big young stars come up. Cutter Gauthier, big name right now. He's been, uh, what's he playing right now? The juniors? Yeah, the World Junior Championship. World Juniors, yeah. So Cutter Gauthier getting some great exposure over in the world juniors. You want things to be great when Cutter comes up, but more importantly, you want things to be great when Matvey Mishkov comes over to the U S to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. Or is he coming over Steve? And that is the question on many people's minds right now. And that's also why he dropped in the draft. Like he did, you know, frankly, a player of his talent should not have been available to the Flyers at seven. And part of the reason that he was available to the Flyers at seven is because he was risky. You know, you don't know that he is going to actually make it over here. And if anybody knows that it's the Flyers, because Ivan Fedotov had, you know, he he had his bags packed to come over to play for the Flyers. When Russia came over and said, uh, what about your military service, bud? You got to go military service, okay? And then while you're at it, why don't you sign a new contract with CSKA Moscow? Good old Ska Moscow. Pick it up, pick it up. But pick it up. It's, it's a worry about Mishkov for sure. And now there are people out there saying that Russia is trying to keep their great hockey players in Russia. What's the latest on this, Quigs? So, okay. So first of all, let me preface this by saying, take every single bit of this with a grain of salt. Take every single bit of information you hear about any Russian prospect, not even Matvey Mishkov related, any Russian prospect with a grain of salt, because it's a shit show over there. No one knows what the hell's going on. Um, but someone, a, the Twitter handle at hockey news hub. So not, you know, Apparently this person very can trans- legitimate. Well, apparently this person can translate Russian. Um, oh so yeah, appara- I have Google Translate on my computer too. Yeah, well, yeah, or that too. Um, but uh, Shumi Babeev, who I believe is a um, a uh, KHL person, figurehead type person. I'm not sure. Um, I could look it up, but I don't. I couldn't care less to do that. Um, said quote via Match TV. 
Quote, we have an order from the president according to which young players should stay here in Russia. Um, and apparently they have been working on rules to not allow players to go abroad before a set amount of time. So people naturally saw this tweet and they started freaking out. They started losing their minds. Um, don't freak out. I don't think uh, there until there's official stuff coming out. Don't even listen to any of this. Well, this is also, th- how do you? This is that? what was going to happen. This is exactly what was going to happen. As soon as the Flyers got Mitchkov, people were going to start tweeting shit like this. The same thing happened when the when the Minnesota Wild got uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Like people were doomsdaying the entire situation, and now Kaprizov is in fact over here, and he's one of the better players in the entire NHL. So like oh, so this okay. whole thing. This whole thing is just like, it's just noise. And I think well, people are just running with this too much. People are running with this too much. And also my read of that is like, they're working on rules to, because when I first saw this news secondhand from people, I saw it as, as Putin is keeping the Russian players there no matter what. Whereas this says they've been working on rules to not allow players to go abroad before a set amount of time. Now, is that set amount of time until they're like 35? <laughs> Obviously, that's a difference exactly. maker. But my understanding of the Mishkov situation is he's got a contract for two more years. Yes. And then he is free to go wherever he may please. And at that point, I mean, what is he now? 18? Uh, 18 years old. He'll be 20 years old. If I would be surprised if the set of rules was... 20 years old like it would make sense if it was like before they were 20 right but like 21 and above you know like i I, i'd be surprised but again vladimir putin is a madman please don't hurt me sir uh but you know so it wouldn't totally surprise me if he came up with some bullshit rule that said this but like based on the reading of this i don't think there's any reason to freak out at this time um you just got to go with the flow on this. It's It was a risk worth taking. I take that swing 100 out of 100 times if I'm Danny Briere. No doubt about it. It was a great move by Briere. No matter how this works out, it was the right move. I am 100% expecting Matvey Mishkov to be playing in the, in North America in two years. That's all I have to say. I, in I, a Philadelphia Flyers uniform. In a Philadelphia Flyers uniform. I don't expect any no of, of this. Come right over. Bro. Yeah. Th- this whole thing that is circulating. I know people are freaking out about it. I, I am not freaking out. Um, I, I just don't, I, I feel like the KHL and Russia has, has, is famous for shit like this happening and people making statements like this saying like, Oh, we're not going to bring yet. Let you have your young Russian prospect. Like I just don't, I, I am not concerned at all. So yeah, Let's on with regular, breath, guys. regular scheduled programming. Yeah, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Well, that brings us to let's you know let's end the show on a positive note here. Okay, no freaks out, freakouts. Let's end the show on a positive note, and that positive note is going to be my personal favorite holiday tradition. Been doing this for a few years now. And that is the the Hallmark Holiday Challenge, where I take a look at some crappy Hallmark-esque holiday films because they pump those suckers out, man. There are like 6,000 of them a year at this point, and they are increasingly ridiculous. So how this works, I give some some real films, some fake films, and I have my co-host guess what's real and what's fake. 
And this year, this year, I, you know, I didn't quite come up with as many fake actor names as I usually do, but you know what? I still had fun with it. It might not be as a, you know, hardcore as recent years, but I'm still pretty happy with it. And I think uh, we will have a good time with this to close out our final show of 2023. I can't wait. I've been waiting all year for this. All year, baby. All year. <laughs> Since January 1st of last of, of this of, since January 1st, 2023, I've been waiting for right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People wait all year for this. It's their number one hyperbole yeah. uh, event of the year. <laughs> we know Bob McKenzie is a big fan. Oh yeah. I'll never forget the time Bob McKenzie said this program's name on his podcast. It's still very <laughs> funny to me. I think he said great go. name or something like that too, which I, I, I was very proud of. It's yeah. naming this podcast is like my crowning achievement as far <laughs> as, as far as my podcast career goes. It's excellent. It's well-deserved. Oh man. Um, okay. So let's get this started out by taking a trip overseas. Not quite as far as Matvey Mishkov, but we're going pretty close to where that area of the world is. So, we got two films here. I'm going to read them. You're going to tell me which one's real and which one's fake. I'm going to read them both first, okay? Go for First it. one. Holiday in Holland. A woman travels to Holland to find her roots. When she discovers the man of her dreams operating a windmill, will she find a future in her past? The other one is Norwegian Holiday. A grieving woman travels to Norway to uncover the origins of a troll figurine during the holidays. Okay. Um... The second one was Norwegian Holiday. Yes, the first one was Holiday in Holland. The second one was Norwegian Holiday. Norwegian Holiday is the real one. You are correct, sir. One for I one. The origins of a troll figurine. The reason I I thought that uh, Hol- Holiday in Holland was the fake one is because you mentioned a man working in a windmill, and I feel like all the batch updates of the windmill sex... <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I kind of came together. together. Maybe subconsciously, <laughs> it was in there. Yeah, subconsciously, I feel like there had something had to do with that. So, I figured that maybe there there was some something leading to that. <laughs> okay, I, I'm actually really happy <laughs> that I subconsciously thought of that. <laughs> the Bachelor. Um, no, that was the Bachelorette. That was the Bachelorette. I, I they all seem the, the windmill. Same to me. Or was it The Bachelor? I can't remember. Who gives a shit? Oh, man. It doesn't matter. They're all the same shit. You know, it's all the same garbage. <laughs> no offense, but sorry, not sorry on that front. I, I love the garbage. It's, it's terrific. It is. You know, it's a good time right there. <laughs> all right. So next up, we're going to take to the airwaves here. We got two more. We got first up, we have a podcast for Santa. Christine is a podcast host looking to make a splash. When she interviews a benevolent old man for a charity drive, downloads go through the roof. Could this kind soul with a twinkle in his eye be St. Nick? Starring Shannon Elizabeth. Or is it Christmas Frequency? A young radio show producer sets her recently separated boss up live on air blind dates to save their dying show, but accidentally falls for one of the contenders and must choose her head or her heart. In time for Christmas. 
starring Denise Richards. And FYI, this is the only one where I have the person starring. The no names were just too no namey for me in the other films I chose. Ah, uh, I think the first one's the real one. You are one for two, my oh. friend. Podcast for Santa with Shannon Elizabeth is a Steve concoction. Christmas Frequency, where a radio show producer sets her boss up on live on-air blind dates. It's real. Starring Denise Richards. I mean, listen. It sounds like you don't do ridiculous. that. You don't no. do that to your for your boss? I mean, if my boss so dictates it, so shall it be. Yeah. This is true. (laughs) All right. So next up, we have a Christmas proposal. A chef, Maria Winters, agrees to to pose as the girlfriend of an attorney, Julian Diaz, visiting his family for Christmas. You also have a Yuletide engagement. A bartender, Julia Summers, agrees to a spur-of-the-moment proposal from one of her regulars, a CEO who lost his wife earlier in the year. Will she take her chance and move away from her favorite small town to chase the man of her dreams? Uh, I think the Steve can talk concoction is uh, a Yule time. What a Yule time? A, a Yule tide engagement. Yule tide engagement. I think that's a Steve. You got me. Steve you, concoction. Yeah. You got me on that one. A Christmas proposal is the real one, and I was just I was tickled by that one because it really like has very specific names and occupations for these people. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a chef, Maria Winters, which Jesus <laughs> Christ, if you go on the cheese scale, naming somebody Maria Winters is as cheesy as it gets. It's, I mean, that's as cheesy a name as it can possibly be. So yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I, w- I want to say real f- quick before we continue, there's, um, I came to a realization that like, Vince Vaughn movies are just bad. The man was very funny and made some very quality stuff at a certain point. And then at a certain point, he really just gave up. Well, so I love uh, Vince Vaughn very much. I think he's awesome. Um, But it's it's just funny because so I saw this um, this uh, Vince Vaughn Christmas movie. It was him and oh god, um, four Christmases. Four Christmases with uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, yes. I saw first or uh, four Christmases, and uh, it's a bad movie. It's not good, but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, and that's that's kind of like the common trend I've noticed with Vince Vaughn movies. Very few of his movies are actually good, but all of them are fun because he's fun. Like he's he a fun, fun guy. No, he's yeah. he's a fun guy. Like he's still, uh, you know, Wedding Crashers, a fantastic comedy, one of the better comedies I've seen in a theater. It's great. Uh, his cameo in Anchorman, still one of my favorites. I want a polka, so good. Yeah. <laughs> As a uh, West Mantooth, which is it's still a just one of the best fake names I've ever heard. In uh, Dodgeball, he's excellent. Oh yeah. Um, you know I'll what it you was? What. It was his season of True Detective that really just turned things into the, oh, yeah. the gutter for him. That was so bad. I'll tell you what, Steve. Young Vince Vaughn, that's a sexual deviant right there. Oh, you talking about swingers over here? 
Young Vince Vaughn, I am. Young Vince Vaughn was a heartthrob, I bet, for the ladies and myself. What a handsome man. A tall fucking man, too. Yeah, he is tall. He's like 6'6". He's huge. He's He's a a big man. Large, large man right there. Yeah. All right. So Vince Vaughn. (laughs) Enough hitting on Vince Vaughn here. Enough flirting. Yeah, yeah. We got to chill out. Big time friend. Chill out. Big time friend. Yeah, chill out, Steve. Mr. Freeze would love the name Maria Winters for the record. He would absolutely be on board with that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. Uh, Chill out, Maria Winters. But that that brings us to our last set of films this year. And uh, again, apologies for the lack of fake names. But again, my brain has been addled with uh, school and work and such. Next year, I will bring back the fake names. It'll be a good time. Last two films. And these are these are films with throwback names to the late 80s, early 90s. So first up, we have three wise men and a baby. Three brothers get the surprise of their lives when they're forced to work together and care for a baby over the holidays. Is that the real film or is it Santa Slickers? When hard times hit the family dude ranch, Bailey decides to host a Santa con to drum up business. She expected some eggnog-fueled shenanigans, but she didn't expect to find love. Is she ready for a winter whirlwind romance? I think Santa Slickers is the real one. Gotcha again. All right. Oh. I got you twice. I feel great about this. It's made my oh. day getting you twice. Santa Slickers. And I got to give Emily credit on that one. Emily really uh, formed the idea for Santa Slickers. Can you believe somebody fucking named a movie Three Wise Men and a Baby? That's, I mean, you know that is what? a disgustingly bad name. Who the hell knows? <laughs> so bad. Who the hell knows? It's so bad. I couldn't believe it when she threw yeah. that one my way. And we were spitballing other late 80s, early 90s movies to, to make the title. Santa Slickers is fantastic. The other ideas we had here, we had when Heather met Santa, Silence of the Lamb of God. <laughs> honey, oh, that's I awesome. Sh- honey, I Shrunk the Christ. <laughs> 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 Jesus checks in. Throw Santa from the train. Santa-in-law. Honey, I shrunk the Christ. Honey, I shrunk the Christ. I <laughs> I wanted to make it that so bad, but it was so obviously fake. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. If somebody wants me to write, Honey, I shrunk the Christ next Christmas, I'm in for it. <laughs> you should. You really should. Hire me, Hallmark. I'm oh, into it. Oh, man. That's so good. Oh. That made me happy. I that brought some joy to my my gray life here. No, my life's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. But that I always have a good time with that. I'm glad I could pull that together, even though Christmas was a couple days ago. But here we are, just in time for New Year's. It's still the holiday season, baby. It's time to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we're having fun. That's a, that, I, it's one of the best things we do every year. It's great. Thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for playing along with me. It makes me very happy, and I hope it brings the listeners joy. And that's it. That's it. That's all there is. I'm uh, I'm out of gas, but it was a lot of fun. All right, folks. If you have any feedback for us, the best place, I guess, is still twitter.com.org.x.edu.musk.ca. Quigs, where can people find you on the Twitter slash blue sky? Man, you can find me at Ryan Quigs with a Z. That's pretty much it. I don't there you yeah. go. Quigs with yeah. a Z. There you go. <laughs> you can find me over at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb. If it's for hockey reasons, make it fly purbly, fly purbly over on blue sky, fly purbly on Instagram, on TikTok, on MySpace, on face smack. I'm out of words. 
I don't know what else to say. But yes, that's where we are with that one. Uh, the flyperbole at Gmail account is open if you would like to send emails over to that. I will also accept Insta DMs. Don't I'm pretty good with those. Getting better, but pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. And so, last note, Quigs. What's uh, what's your New Year's resolution for the show? What are you What are you resolving to do? Uh, for the show or for like my personal life? <laughs> I really should not have just sprung that on you. I said for the show, and I'm like, what else can we do? Just talk about hockey? Like, yeah. I don't know. Here. What's your so, resolution? There you go. Make it as ridiculous as you want. And for my for, so for the show. No, make it for anything. Make it for oh, anything. okay. Uh, my huh. resolution is I'm going to travel to another country. And even though it's just Canada, I'm going to make it happen. I want to try and be more assertive. I like that. I really want to like, just, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like, I and I, I, I mean that as in like, listen, I, I need to start. I, I think I care a little too much. I, about what others think sometimes still I've made some great progress throughout my life. Um, I used to, it used to be crippling how much I thought that or cared about what other people thought. And it's not nearly as bad as it is now, but, uh, or, or as it was, but now I, I would like to make a little, even more headway. Um, and just, uh, be more assertive, be more direct, be more, um, I don't know. That, that's kind of that's kind of my goal. I feel like that'll that'll help me kind of get to where I want to go. A little little more assertiveness goes a long way. Love it. Into that. Yeah. Good shit, my guy. Good shit. I guess I'll also throw get back to the gym at some point. I uh, did not. It's a very common one, but I was going to the gym very regularly, and then my work sent us to work from home while they did renovations and. Between working from home and the puppy, yeah, that shit has fallen off the radar. Mm. So, got to get back on it. You'll get there. Yeah, I'll get there. Hopefully, keep on, keep keep me alive. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, living is good. I'm a big fan. Big fan. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, whatever your New Year's resolution might be, you go achieve your dreams and all that jazz. But thank you so much for listening. We say it every week but we really mean it we cherish and love you all you guys are awesome best listeners and i always enjoy meeting you at our events we got to do more events but i'm also very lazy at organizing but we'll figure something out eventually but it's always a pleasure meeting you it's always a pleasure interacting with you you guys are awesome and until next time in the words of the great gene Hart, good night and good hockey wow 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 one more time, this podcast was brought to you by the good people over at Bet Online. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus.